Thank you guys for leading us in that time of reflection. Um, you know, that song is perfect for, for, for this because the, the whole point this morning is to find refuge in God, to find our strength in God alone in our time of need. Um, and specifically, we're going to be in Psalm 7. And if you have the Bible app on your phone or tablet, you can open up the Bible app and open up uh, the, the events. You have to look underneath more uh, to find the event section uh, of, of, of the Bible app. Um, and the verses uh, is go- are going to be in there. They're going to be on the screen. You can find Psalm 7. We're going to only be in Psalm 7 this morning. But Psalm 7 is about finding refuge in God um, in our time of need. And specifically, this psalm is dealing with a time where David, he wasn't King David yet. David was running away from the jealous, murderous King Saul. He was running away from the king, King Saul. But not only did King Saul have this murderous rage about him um, towards David, uh, but there was somebody in Saul's ear that was uh, lying about David. That was lying about David and, and saying, you know what, David, David is thinking this about you and he's doing, saying this about you and he's getting all these men together in order to come and attack you. And this was fueling Saul's rage, fueling his rage. And this psalm is a song and a prayer that David wrote during this time where somebody was lying about him and it was causing him great um, uh, uh, pressure and great trouble. And he was on the run. And what do you do when, when you need God to be your refuge? And while this is specifically when somebody lies about us and, 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 and such, this is any time that trouble has come upon your life and you need to find refuge. So Psalm 7, starting in verse 1. Yahweh, my God, I seek refuge in You. Save me from all my pursuers and rescue me. Or they were tear me like a lion, ripping me apart with no one to rescue me. You know, is is David melodramatic? You know, uh, uh, here, you know, ripping me apart like a lion. You know, but that's what it feels like. You know, sometimes when somebody is coming at you and you don't know why and you don't know what's going on and you haven't done anything. But the first thing we do in, in times when we need God to be our refuge is that we cry out for refuge. This is what he does. He's crying out for refuge. And let's talk about the word refuge a little bit. Refuge is kind of made uh, mainstream, uh, really political news, right? Because you got refuge and you got refugee, the one seeking refuge. And refuge really is just simply a, a hiding place. Hiding place. Maybe as when you were younger, you had a hiding place that you could go hide in. You know, you had a fort out in the woods or. Or, or, or something that you could go hide in, or as, as Miller told me this morning, you know, r- whispered to me because you know if you actually say out loud your hiding place, you know, it's no no longer a hiding place anymore. And he's like, I find refuge. I, I, my hiding place is under my bed, you know. Um, and so uh, maybe, ladies, moms, you have a hiding place now. You know, it's a 
a couple extra minutes in the shower, a couple extra minutes at the toilet, right? You know, uh, fellas, it's a couple extra minutes in the workshop or, 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 or the golf course. Or, you know, if you're like Jack, you just do a podcast as a hiding place, you know. <laughs> just get away. <laughs> I'm just going to go do a podcast. I don't care if anybody else listens to it. It is my hiding place. Um, uh, it, we have those, you know, those joking, funny, ha-ha hiding places. But as we become adults, we have... Um, real hiding places that become destructive. When we are crying out for refuge from God, we are uh, disavowing any chance for a hiding place anywhere else. See, talk is cheap, right? We can pray this prayer, we can sing these songs, but talk is cheap. If we are actually finding our hiding place in these destructive areas, we're not finding our hiding place in God, no matter how much we sing about it, right? And so maybe it's, it, maybe it's substances, right? We become adults and we find our hiding place in substances. Alcohol, drugs, whatever. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be illegal. It can be prescription drugs, right? We can find our hiding place in all these substances. I mean, a dive bar right down, down the road. When I come from refereeing a game over at Lake Country late at night and the parking lot is full, I remind myself to pray for them. But what if we took that a step further? They're finding hiding place. Like if somebody wants to go play pool with me down there some afternoon, let's go. Let's do it. <gasps> Would you go, a pastor go into the bar? Isn't that like the start of a bad joke? No. <laughs> it's the start of what Jesus did, right? Showed up to places that they were finding their hiding place in something else that was destructive so that they could find that God, Jesus, is actually a hiding place. And the hiding place that gives life. For David, he didn't find a hiding place in revenge. We can do that, right? Revenge. None of us here, of course. We're in church. You know, we're nice, pretty people in church this morning. So none of us would actually seek revenge. It would be all those people not in church this morning, right? None of us would seek, actually seek a hiding place in revenge. Maybe we'd find a hiding place in relationships. Um destructive relationships maybe maybe we'd find a, a hiding place in affirmation seeking affirmation you know none of us would do this either uh those passive aggressive like somebody's mean to us and then we'd be mean back passive aggressively on facebook only to get uh, we're just looking for likes and comments to, to to get affirmation and approval about ourselves right and of course none of us would do that here that's all everybody outside of here this morning Watch, maybe watching on Facebook Live. Maybe that's you, you know. We can find our refuge, our hiding place in these destructive places. You're like, wait a minute, that hasn't destroyed my life yet. Well, it might. It will. Find that time when it will. The only hiding place that actually gives us life to get through this time of struggle, those times that we have put up on the cross and those times that we didn't put up on the cross, that the, the, the only time, the only place that we can find life in these times is Jesus. And it may not feel like abundant infinity life at the time because we're just crawling through, but He is going to give us the life needed to crawl through these times. As long as we're moving forward towards Him, right? We haven't given up the fight of faith. (coughs) 
So finding our refuge in Him is crying out for refuge, but not just in words only, but in action. And then as we continue, Yahweh, my God, if I have done this, if there is injustice on my hands, look, I, I, I don't remember doing this, but if I have, if I have, then if I've done harm to one at peace with me, if I've done harm to somebody that's innocent, or have plundered, or have done harm to my adversary without cause, look, if I've done harm to, to somebody that's a friend, if I've done harm to somebody that is a foe, may an empty May an enemy pursue and overtake me. May he trample me to the ground and leave my honor in the dust, Selah. That word is a word only seen in Psalm where we, where, where, where we are to, to take pause and reflect on what we've just read and heard. That's a pretty deep spot to reflect on, right? We've cried out. We've cried out for God for God to inspect our lives. See, if we truly play the victim, we don't want any inspection. But David's going, I don't remember a time, and God, if there is a time, let my enemy trample me. But he's not just putting his life on the line. Here's what he's doing. He is not king yet, right? But God has already promised him that, that, to promise David that he will be king. He is telling God, look, my kingship, my kinghood, my, my title of king that you have promised me, I am laying that on the altar. I'm not laying a bull. I'm not laying a lamb. I'm not laying a dove on the altar to sacrifice that. I am sacrificing what you have promised me on the altar if I am the, uh, if I am the villain at all. That's huge. That's huge. Are we willing? Are we willing to put everything on the altar before God in order to have a good name before Him? Are we willing to put everything on the altar before God in order to have a good name before Him? Why do we go to Facebook to find affirmation? We want a good name before people. This person's trashing me here. So I, I need to have a good name before people. I need to defend my name. David's saying, I don't want to defend my name. God, you inspect me. Make sure that I have a good name before you, God. See, because having a good name before people may, have a, may give us a temporary life, but it's not going to give us long-term life. Long-term eternal life. Long-term abundant life. Long-term infinity life. It's not going to be what energizes our soul for long-term. God is. And if our, if our name is good before God, He will give us that life to get through whatever's going, no matter what is happening to our name here on this earth. Are we willing to sacrifice on the altar our name before everybody else and everything else that we could acquire in this life in order to defend ourselves? Or, or, or are we wanting to have a good name before God Himself? Because that's where life comes. That's where life is given. Cry out for refuge. Cry out for inspection. But as we continue, now we get to the juicy stuff. The, the stuff that we really like to get to in Psalm, right? 
Rise up, Lord, in your anger. All right, here we go. Yeah, somebody's going to get it now, right? You know, this is real prayer, right? This, is, this isn't Christian prayer. This isn't, this isn't holier-than-thou prayer. This is David going, rise up in your anger, God, and smite these people. That's real, right? We can talk about that on Sunday morning, but we will. But we will. Lift yourself up against the fury of my adversaries. Awake for me. You have ordained a judgment. That is huge. Ordained is something that has happened in the future, but God has done it. David is saying, if I am going to be king, if, I, if this promise is actually going to come to fruition, you have ordained a judgment. I don't know when, I don't know how, but you have, and you know. Let the assembly of peoples gather around you. Take your seat on high over it. The Lord judges the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness and my integrity. He's not, he's not necessarily talking about his, his, his overall righteousness and integrity. He's not saying he's perfect. David's perfect in all of his life. He's just saying he, he has righteousness in, in this context, all right? Let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous, the one who examines the thoughts and emotions. Literally, the, the, the one who examines is the mind and the kidneys because uh, they, they had this thing with bowels and emotions. Instead, we, we say our heart. They say, you know, their kidneys and bowels. I like the heart better, but it's kind of fascinating and funny, right? The one who examines the thoughts and emotions is a righteous God. Um, uh, we cry out for judgment, okay? When we're seeking refuge, when we're seeking a hiding place in God, we're crying out for God to judge, right? <laughs> Easier said than done. Because we love to judge. We love to sit in that seat. We love to get the revenge. We love when somebody cuts us off to be the one to judge them. Because somebody cuts us off in traffic, they're immediately an evil person that's going to murder somebody, right? Anybody? Jack, Jack's with me. Jack knows. Jack, we can drive together and we can just yell at people all the time, me and you. Everybody else is apparently saying, yeah. <clears throat> what happens, what happens when we sit in the seat of judgment is this. Instead of being the victim, we become the victim that is now a villain. Right? We become the victim that is now a villain. And we sit in the seat of judgment, and um, we have a tendency to be fairly nearsighted in our judgments. Eh? Right? As a soccer referee, I understand this, right? Yesterday, yesterday, U15 game, so it's 14 year olds. Some of them are 13. Um, Fairly intense game for youth games as 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 they go, uh, and towards the end, uh, there's a pretty hard foul, and the other kid that got fouled jumped up, said a few things to the other kid, and with its futsal, so like the parents are like right on us behind, and uh, this is all happening right here, and the parents of the kid that that fouled, but then but then you know gets gets you know yelled at by the other kid. They're all like up in arms and stuff. And so I come in, I give a yellow card caution to the first kid that fouled. And then all of a sudden, the parents are like, oh, come on! I'm like, just wait for it, people. Just hold on. Like, our judgments are nearsighted, right? 
We lose reality when things happen to us. We see life through rose-colored glasses. God doesn't. God doesn't. We've got to wait for His judgment. See, us sitting on the seat of judgment will not bring us life. In fact, we may act prematurely. And if we seek out judgment, it's not really going to give us life, is it? We can wait. We can wait. Just like David did, he waited. He continued to wait. He ran from Saul something like seven, eight years. I mean, that's got to get old after a while, right? But he waited. We have a hard time waiting seven minutes for vindication, <laughs> let alone seven years. But then, to find refuge. We not only have to cry out for judgment, but we're crying out for action, right? Action is based on the judgment. Ten, my shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who shows His wrath every day. If anyone does not repent, if anyone does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He has strung his bow and made it ready. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He has tips. He tips his arrows with fire. If you do not repent, if you are somebody, and the reality is, we all are somebody who have hurt somebody else. Kind of put us in the victim seat for the, for for the for, for the sermon, so it's difficult to shift from the victim seat to the villain seat because we rarely see ourselves as the villain, but we've all been the villain. We have all around the water cooler, or on Facebook, or just in conversation or in prayer request, right? Have have lied about somebody have intentionally tried to hurt somebody. See, this is what makes life difficult. We're both the villain and the victim in life. But there's always an answer. It's repentance. But if we are refusing to repent, if we're refusing to repent, what David says here is that God has His bow strung with us in His sights Oh, and by the way, he's dipped the tip of his arrow in, 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 in fire. God will act. God will act. And his actions will be in 100% righteousness. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He tips his arrows with fire. See, the wicked one is pregnant with evil, conceives trouble, and gives birth to deceit. He dug a pit and hollowed it out, but fell into the hole he has made. God has the ability that when somebody uh, uh, digs a pit for somebody else to fall into, he has the ability of swinging that person around and making them fall in the pit. His trouble comes back on his own head and his violence falls on the top of his head. I will thank the Lord for his righteousness. I will sing about the name of Yahweh the Most High. David thanks the Lord for his righteousness, for him acting in righteousness before it even happens because he knows someday, sometime, it will happen because he 
acts on behalf of his people and his faithful people. We live in a culture that loves to lie. No. Okay, I've one example. I saw this picture on Facebook this week from a post it shared from a guy uh, from a church a decade ago that, 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 that I was in. And this is the picture. So, it's to inflame people about the entitled NFL players and what they're doing to our country and that they're destroying our country, right? This isn't about the NFL. This is about truth. The only problem with this picture is this picture. That's the real picture. It's on Twitter, actually. You can go find it. 2016. But somebody has photoshopped this picture in order to prove their point. This isn't about the NFL. This is about Christians lying and being the villain. And we spread the headlines without fact-checking them, right? Ever heard of clickbait? We share the articles in order to prove our point, in order to win an argument, and we're acting without God, without righteousness, without truth. There's hope for every single one of us because all of us have, have, have maligned people and lied about stuff and lied about others or embellished a flaw or accentuated something we don't like in order to get other people to not like somebody else. So repentance, you were saying? Yeah, repentance. <laughs> is, that the, is that the new version of amen? <laughs> get serious that you were saying. <laughs> As I was saying. There's repentance, right? There's repentance for everybody. There's repentance for everybody because we've all been in that seat. And hopefully all of us have repented for what we have done to hurt other people. And when we are sitting in the seat of the victim and we're wanting God to act, He will act in His righteousness. Now, we have to wait, right? We have to wait for that. But when we wait for that, we'll get to see the enemy fall, come around and fall in their own trap. What God can do is way beyond anything we can do. And in two weeks, not this week of reading plan, but in the next week, the, the, the following week, we will see the, 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 the psalm that David wrote after Saul uh, was killed. And it was, look at what God did. You know, it's what we get to be like when, when God acts, when God acts, just in case you were asleep. <laughs> Paul, I didn't make you go go in your no yeah okay yeah, um, <laughs> right. heart check. We got to wait for God to act in righteousness and 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 I did this on purpose. I mean obviously, but a further purpose. But see, I've been reading in in John this week and um, the the last part of John and. The trial of Jesus, I mean, a bunch of religious leaders just peacocking around about how awesome they are and they want to kill a man, but, you know, they want to do it before Passover so that they can be religiously holy and all that, you know. But what did Jesus do? Actually, what did Jesus not do? He didn't open his mouth to defend himself. In fact, everything Jesus said in that sequence, 
only made them want to kill him worse. And he died on the cross because in that moment, all these false accusations. So Jesus understands, right? He empathizes and sympathizes. But God acted in righteousness, right? But Jesus had to die in order for him to experience God acting in righteousness. What was that experience? Resurrection. Maybe you feel like David. I'm in the mouth of the lion. We have to die, metaphorically, spiritually speaking, in order to experience a resurrection. And we've got to wait on God in order for Him to act in righteousness, in order to see Him resurrect us. And the great thing, the win-win is this. We could die never finding vindication, right? But in our death, that is vindication because we then are with God Himself. As I've said before, um, I was way scrawnier than I am now in middle school. Imagine toothpicks with a torso. And um, that made middle school a touch difficult. And uh, one particular day, um, some kids found out that I didn't know a certain sexual innuendo and what that meant. And so, as you can imagine, they were, you know, um, very merciful towards me for that, right? And so, uh, the uh, mercy was so rampant that ultimately, like, the anger in me got to a boiling point. We were going, I believe, from gym class, (laughs) go figure, into uh, science class, and um, the, 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 the torment uh, got to such a boiling point in me that I released just this banshee yell, I think, stop it. Like I was in the second seat back from the front. There was a student teacher in the front of this row. It was so sudden and so loud <laughs> that the paper she was thumbing through, she dropped them on the floor. I, right, yeah, exactly, right? God ordained these lungs to be this, right? And, um, but you know what? In that moment, I mean, all of us could understand the reaction, but in that moment, I became the villain and the victim to this people, right? I gave them more fuel for the fire. And um, guess what, guys? Bullies aren't going away. This world is not perfect. So we've got to learn how to live this world in this way. Being able to wait. God's judgment, God's action. So that we too do not become the villain. And we wait on Him because what He can do with the resurrection that He does is way beyond what anybody else can do and we can do for ourselves. It's not an easy answer. It's not like, woo, yay! You know, I'm, t- I'm telling us, we've got to wait through trouble. We've got to wait through difficulty. But this is more real, right? This is more life than saying it's just going to go away immediately. 
because it's not necessarily going to go away. See, finding refuge, there's three things I want us to get from this specifically. God knows even if it doesn't feel like it. What did Jesus say on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God knows even though it doesn't feel like it. He will act. God will act. We don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know how. We don't know any of that. God will act. And waiting for Him to act is always better than acting out on our own. Waiting for Him to act is always better than acting out on our own. During this next song of reflection, um, the paper's still out. If this has you know, jogged something, you want to go, go do this as a symbol of I'm letting this go, I'm finding my refuge in you and not in anything else, I'm finding my refuge in you and putting that, if that is the symbol that will help you, please utilize this. If something that was said this morning and said, I am the villain in the story, and as a symbol of, of God, please forgive me, you want to you pin that to the cross, look, 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 nobody's going to open these, guys. Nobody's going to open these. These are going to be ripped up and thrown away, all right? Nobody's going to open these. If you want to do that as a symbol of God, please forgive me, please do that. And because I've set up both worlds, nobody knows why you're going there, right? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody's playing that Christianese game. Why are they going forward? Right? Nobody's playing that. If you need to pray with somebody, go, I need God to be my hiding place. This is happening. I need God to be my hiding place. I'm struggling with this. Please, I'll be over here. Paul will be over there. Find somebody, if you know of somebody that, this, that you need to pray with because, man, maybe this hit home. Someplace I didn't go, but I'll go real quick here. Church is not the building, it's not the organization, it's the people, and the people got to be a hiding place for people who are refugees, spiritual refugees, finding asylum from the world. Got to be that people. Got to be that people. We got to be that people. And maybe that means stepping out and saying, hey, I know time's tough right now. Can I pray with you? And being bold in that way. During this time of reflection, respond as you need to respond. And uh, see God envelop you with His love, with His mercy, with His care. That doesn't mean it's going away right here and right now. But that means that God loves you and He will act. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this day. Thank You for this time. Help us. Help us to wait on You when that is the most difficult thing to do. Our natural reaction and everything around us screams, screams out, get your own. Help us to wait for you. When we play the role of villain, give us the courage to repent to you, to somebody else. Help us. Heal us. Move inside of us to allow us to find you as our hiding place. In your name I pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. Move as you need to move. 
But find this Jesus who went to this cross, not this one, but went to the cross so that to prove that He is your hiding place. 